the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning, friends. Happy, happy Saturday. Yeah, I know. I'm not supposed to say the name of the day. But it is Saturday. It's the weekend. We kick off programming here on the Blaze Radio Network every Saturday, 6 a.m. Eastern. And there are some stalwart souls on the West Coast or in the West Coast time zones who are either just finishing up their work or just getting home. Either way, uh, I'm, I'm happy you're there. We have a lot to discuss today, and I would love for you to join the discussion. The phone number, 888 Today on the agenda, on the menu, things to discuss. There are some, some stories that are troubling me. There are some stories that make me, uh, that make me happy. And there are some stories I want to bring to your attention to, to hopefully get you involved in some way, shape, or form. Or to, to wake you up. Stay woke, as Maxine Waters would tell us. Stay woke. Has anyone seen Max? Where is Auntie Max? Where, I haven't heard anything dumb out of Maxine Waters for a couple of days now. And I'm wondering, we'll, we'll do a check during the break. But I'm worried about Maxine Waters. I know, Mike, please. Please. Maxine Waters. There is a whole lot of politics on the agenda today, uh, including the former president, who, uh, who's like gum on your shoe on a hot day, isn't he? Just when you think you, you're free of it, you, you step down and, ah, still sticking to my heel. He just won't go away. He won't stop. And it's all because of ego. Wait, Barack Obama has an ego? Mm-hmm. A grande ego. Again, phone lines are open. 888 The Twitter is smoking already. Uh, I was getting tweets from some of you this morning at uh, like 4.15 East Coast time. What are you doing, people? I appreciate it, but, uh, you know, get a little sleep sometimes. Okay, now, um, I could go fun, or I could go furious, or I could go... uh, I think I need to finish a story from yesterday, and I think that's the best way to go. Yesterday, I ranted and raved and hooted and hollered about a teacher, a college professor here in the Delaware, at University of Delaware. Hold on, I got my note right over here. Got the paper. The university professor's name, Kathy Detweiler, I think. Yes, D-E-T-T-W-I-L-E-R. Kathy Detweiler, anthropology professor. Uh, She's the one who said Otto Warmbier got what he deserved. Exactly what he deserved. And I'm infuriated by this because of several reasons. Number one, um, she still has this job, probably tenured. Number two, in her story, 
She also made some accusations talking about how these rich white kids, these young, white, rich, clueless males come into her classes, and uh, she also accused them of raping drunk girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, and threatening violence against faculty members, against professors. And yet, she doesn't seem to have reported any of those threats to the campus police, because we would have heard about them. No, none of that. Well, thanks to a lot of the attention that some of you have given this, and that we have given it, and people like Ann Coulter have given it, because it did get the notice of several people. The clip did well on TheBlaze.com. The story's on TheBlaze.com as well. All you have to do is click on the channels section at the top of TheBlaze.com. Find my channel. Click on it. First of all, follow it, please. And you will, um, you will find yourself getting the daily updates. But this story of this teacher, this adjunct professor at the University of Delaware got so much attention, the University of Delaware has responded. Kathy Detweiler has yet to respond to anyone that I know of. The comments from, uh, this is according to the University of Delaware, this is their official statement. The comments of Catherine Detweiler do not reflect the values or position of the University of Delaware. We condemn any and all messages that endorse hatred and convey insensitivity toward a tragic event such as the one that Otto Warmbier and his family suffered. The University of Delaware values respect and civility, and we are committed to global education and study abroad. Therefore, we find these comments particularly distressing and inconsistent with our values. Our sympathies are with the Warm Beer family. Now, that's an interesting statement. What's missing from that statement is anything addressing the allegations of rape, the allegations of drug use, drug abuse, and the allegations of threats against faculty by these young, rich, white students. Males, of course. So, University of Delaware, you get a fail on this one. They, uh, they were asked by a local reporter here, Jessica Buys, at uh, the Delaware News Journal, Delaware Online. They were asked if there, there was going to be any disciplinary action taken against Detweiler, and the university spokesperson said, We are not able to comment on the specifics of her employment Personnel matters are confidential. Interesting, right? University of Delaware, a school, a state school. So why are personnel matters confidential? That's a state school. I pay for that school. And chances are, because of their, their status in the state, they get federal money. Chances are you are paying for this school, too. So... Uh, we are owed more answers from the University of Delaware, and I, for one, because I'm footing the bill for some of this idiocy, I, for one, will continue to pursue this. If you want to, uh, if you want to reach out, let's see who's 
Kathy Detweiler is the woman's name. Kathy with a K D E T T W I L E R. She's on the Facebook. And the University of Delaware spokesperson is Andrea Boyle. Although I don't think she really has any say in this. I think she's just, you know, the mouthpiece. They're sending her out to talk to the media. But it's really Detweiler who deserves uh, a question or, or, or three about whether or not she's uh, endorsing, condoning, supporting the allegations that she put forward about rape, drug abuse, and the threats of violence against members of the faculty. Uh, you certainly are... Um, you certainly are, are complicit in a crime, I guess, if you don't announce it to the authorities. If you're just, it didn't happen. If, you know, and the sad case is rape happens. And many rapes go unreported. And if this professor knows of rapes going on on this campus, boy, she has a responsibility not just as a woman, but as a human being, to do something about it. But apparently she's not. So that ticked me off early. It c continues to tick me off. Uh, I will get to a, a deep dive on President Obama and Russia, because once again, I think there's some fake news out there. Yeah, and what a surprise, it involves CNN. Fake news. Uh, we're going to talk to a guy who inspired me yesterday, a guy who inspired me greatly by doing something very simple, not cheap, but very simple. And uh, we'll get him on the horn in a little bit here from Texas, an interesting cat. I just met him yesterday, and I feel like I've known him. We get along on so many levels, I feel like I've known him a long time. And I think you will agree as well, but we'll see. Hang on one second. Uh, what else are we going to do? Oh, I asked, um, I asked the crew this morning as we check in. I'm in Delaware, as you know, and um, Rob and um, Martin are in Dallas, keeping an eye on things. Um, I asked the crew, hey, what ticks you off this morning? What's making you mad this morning? Because, you know, that's where I kind of find out where my crew is feeling and what news stories they're seeing that I'm not seeing. And um, I have to tell you, I was a little bit miffed when I heard from one of the guys, well, I'm mad about uh, the vice president meeting with uh, one of the Koch brothers. And I was like, why? Because, you know, me, you know me, I'm one of the people who very much, very loudly, very often talks about we need to reform campaign finance because I think there is too much damn money moving around uh, these elections, and it's obscene in some ways, and it also does uh, cloud our ability to really understand who a candidate is. So I get, I get very upset and tense when I, when I hear these discussions of campaign finance. But when I see the left demonizing the Koch brothers so often, and it's, it's brought up by Bernie and Chucky Schumer, you know, if, if Bernie Sanders says one more time, the millionaires and billionaire Koch brothers are buying the election, he's following in Harry Reid's footsteps. Harry Reid talked about making candidates wear patches on their suits 
that reflected the money they got from uh, very wealthy donors. And I think that's really kind of interesting. I, I like NASCAR. Yes, I would support that because then we could see who's gotten money and where they got it from. Right. But uh, in order to address the outrage that some might have about the, the vice president of the United States sitting down with one of the Koch brothers, I thought, well, you know, let's let's go back to the truth on this. Let's find out where money is coming from and to whom it is going. And in 2016, that's pretty easy to do. The number one donor, rich guy donor, in 2016 was a guy named Thomas Steyer out of San Francisco who put $89 million into the pockets of liberals. The number two donor was casino magnate Sheldon Adelson out of Las Vegas, Nevada, who put almost $78 million, pretty close, but only in the pocket of conservatives. So at the top, you have a pretty even balance, right? And then you're going, okay, where are the Koch brothers? Where, where are any of the Koch brothers? Number three is uh, almost $40 million to, uh, to Democrats. Number four is $35 million to Democrats. Number five, a rich guy and his wife gave $25 million to, well, of the $25 million that the Simons family gave last year, $25 million and $25,000. That was their total donation. $25 million went to Democrats, $25,000 to Republicans. A little imbalanced, right? If you go down the majority of the list, I think it's seven of the top 10 donors gave solo only to Democrats and in huge sums. It's if you took the, the uh, liberal donors and you put the conservative donors side by side, conservative donors gave, uh, let's see, that's 25 and 22. That's 27, 27 as conservative donors gave about $110 million to conservative causes. The first two liberal donations are more than $130 million. And where are the Koch brothers? You'd have to go all the way down to number 51 before you find a Koch. Charles and Elizabeth Koch donated $3 million last year to conservative candidates only. $3 million. Uh, George Soros, by the way, comes in at number 10 with almost $20 million, right? And no, not a nickel of that went to a conservative. So anybody who brings up the Koch brothers, any of your liberal friends bring up the Koch brothers, uh, you have my permission to say, shut up. And we'll be right back. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, Saturdays are great days, I have to tell you that. Because after this show, we are followed by greatness. The one, the only, Jeff Fisher. And then following Jeff Fisher, Lawrence Jones Third. You know, I see him more on Fox than I hear him on this <laughs> this channel. That's not fair. He filled in for Dana this week and did a great job. Just a, a terrific job. Ah, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where to go? Spin the wheel of topics. Um, I want to get to Russia and Obama and Hillary and Putin and talk about that because that Washington Post story is pretty interesting, isn't it? And it ties into just about everything. But where I really need to focus right now is the the discussion that many in the mainstream media are having, the left-leaning portion of the mainstream media. And that is the the obsession, not just with the Trumps, but with uh, specifically Jared Kushner. And lately, the big question is... uh, why does Jared Kushner have security clearance? And they want his, his security clearance taken away because of some statements and, and some misinformation. Well, Jared Kushner is currently over in the Middle East attempting to do what virtually every administration has attempted to do in my lifetime, and that is bring peace to the Middle East. It doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, I'm telling you, this is the toughest problem. This is centuries old, millennial old uh, tribal arguments. I don't think you're ever going to get it done. But I'm glad he's trying. I think it's worth a shot. If they do, of course, of course, that will mean Donald Trump and Jared Kushner will get the Nobel Peace Prize for actually doing something. But uh, the left-leaning media wants Jared Kushner's security clearance taken away. And here's my question, and it relates to that topic. Why the hell does Hillary Clinton still have security clearance? Because people are talking about that. Why does she still have security clearance? If I'm working at the Blaze one day... And then Glenn Beck wakes up, listens to this show and goes, geez, what have we done? Get him off the air and they fire me. Do you think I will still retain security clearance? Even if I walked into Glenn and said, Glenn, it's been a great seven years. Uh, you and I have been friends for decades. It's, I just got to go. You know that my card key, my security will not work the hour after I walk out of the building. I will not have access to the computer systems, nothing. 
So why do we allow a former Secretary of State and God knows how many other officials inside Hillary's inner circle to retain their security clearance? Why, why, why? That's a question I want to know. And I, I really would like to know it now. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff on this Russia story that should bother you because there's some fake news happening with it. We'll deal with that just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are looking at a buffet of topics today. Some light, some heavy, some silly, some angering, a little bit of everything. And I just noticed one of the stunt brainiacs, Andy Courier, posted something I retweeted. It's a sign from the Office of Environment and Heritage in New South Wales. That would be Australia. And uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service put a warning on the bathroom door at one of the parks that said, Warning, snake may be in toilet bowl. Uh, no. But yes, apparently the the, uh, warning goes on to say, A non-venomous snake has been observed in these toilets Check before use. NPWS is working on resolving the issue. <laughs> First of all, who doesn't check the toilet before they use it? Even at home, much less a public toilet. But <laughs> just a little bit of a disturbing warning sign to see in the toilet bowl. Thank you, Mr. Courier, for sharing that with us this morning. The... Um, The story that popped yesterday talking about how the Obama administration essentially got news, got word from the CIA in either late June or July that the Russians had been hacking into uh, computers in America, specifically trying to break through into our election computer systems and into the DNC computer systems. That that news that news and the subsequent statements from former Obama officials about, yeah, we blew it because we didn't really do anything, that really bothered me. Because here you have a sitting president who allegedly told the Russians, cut it out or we're going to get tough. And then they really did nothing. The Russian hacking continued. And it did not affect the vote tally But it did get inside Hillary Clinton's campaign and released a lot of damaging information, embarrassing information, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I uh, 
Uh, to this day, I'm mystified that the DNC wouldn't turn their servers over, uh, th those computers over to the intelligence agencies so they could solve it. But maybe there was something else on there. But here's the deal on this. Here's what disturbs me. We are seeing reports all over the news media talking about this story and talking about the fact that Russia meddled in this election and mostly Russia meddled with Hillary Clinton, trying to, trying to mess with Hillary's campaign. That was the target. And they have some directives right from uh, Vladimir Putin himself, which I think is hilarious, especially after we remember Barack Obama's statement to Medvedev in 2012 when he said, after the election, I'll have more flexibility. Remember that little hot mic moment? Yeah, but apparently Vladimir Putin had a bone to pick with Hillary Clinton. According to several sources, Putin blamed Hillary for messing with his last election. Putin said that Hillary Clinton was, was muddying up the waters for him and making life difficult for him to get reelected. Now, that's funny, isn't it? Because he's pretty much... Uh, got clamps down on the media, on any sort of counter-protests, any protests against his, his reign. And so Putin saw Hillary Clinton as a troublemaker, and he was going to make her life difficult, even if that meant getting Donald Trump elected. So there was apparently nothing done against Trump, just against Hillary, and nothing done in favor of Trump unless you consider screwing with Hillary Clinton's election to be helping Donald Trump, which so many people on the left are pointing to that. Now, I still don't believe there's any collusion. And we've heard from left and right that there's currently no evidence of collusion. But this, this strange reality that Vladimir Putin was out to get Hillary Clinton and that Obama did nothing, could it be... Could it be that Obama did nothing because they assumed, as many people did, based on the polls, Hillary Clinton was winning this? And that if they did anything, that it would look as if the Obama administration was putting its thumb on the scale in the elections. That's what so many people are telling you. That's what the mainstream media is saying. Well, Barack Obama's lack of action against the Russians uh, going into our precious election systems was only because he did not want to seem biased. Really? Is that why Barack Obama was on the campaign trail with Hillary? Is that why Barack Obama and Michelle Obama went out and campaigned with Hillary? Seriously, is, was that to show nonpartisanship? What a, what a bunch of crap, mainstream media. It's not right. And then, despite the fact that the, the announcement of the intelligence came forward in the summer, as the conventions were happening, or around the conventions happening, and uh, we did nothing. Now you're hearing that the administration, the Obama administration, some are reporting, and I heard this on CNN this morning, more fake news. Well, Obama did act... He expelled 35 Russian diplomats and he confiscated the Russian 45-acre property 
on the eastern shore of Maryland. The one, by the way, that Donald Trump gave back to the Russians just recently. Now, that would be interesting to me if the president had expelled those diplomats before the election. If it would have happened in August or even when he heard July or August, if if the president would have taken decisive action with the Russians and said, all right, you can't keep doing this. You have to go and sent those 35 diplomats home and then taken and closed that retreat in Maryland, I would have said, all right, the president stood up and told Russia, cut it out. And that's if you listen to the mainstream media, if you listen to CNN, that's what it sounds like happened. Barack Obama sent those diplomats home and confiscated that retreat in December. Not in July, not in August, not in September, not in October, not in the early part of November leading up to the election. None of that. He did nothing until afterwards. And remember, we all thought, well, this is it. Putin's going conf- to now send all the American diplomats home. Remember what Vladimir Putin did after Barack Obama sent those 35 diplomats packing? He gave him 72 hours. You got 72 hours to get out of town, Ruskies. Remember what Vladimir Putin did? You want to talk about playing the game better. Putin didn't expel the American diplomats. He invited the diplomats and their families to the Kremlin for a Christmas and New Year's party. You want to talk about getting played. You you want to talk about being shown how to do this thing. Putin showed Obama how it's done. It's craziness, I know, right? That's the update on this story. That's the real story behind this story. We knew Russia was messing with us. We did nothing. It's just like Obama and the red line in the sand, his reluctance to act because he wants to overthink it. He's the ready, aim, 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 aim. It's in, he never fires. All right, I got to stop. Next up, I want to talk to a guy that I met yesterday. He is, um, he's kind of my new little hero. And it's what he did in a, um, a small Texas town with a billboard that has gone around the world. You may have seen it on my Twitter account yesterday. But you'll meet the guy behind the billboard <laughs> that's telling mainstream media really the truth. And uh, we'll talk to him next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I should have known, I should have known that this was going to happen. The gentleman uh, we were calling just appeared on Fox and Friends. 
And I'm sure that that story and that appearance on Fox and Friends has gotten all of his friends calling him at home right now. So his phone is jammed. But we'll see if we can get uh, Kyle to give us a call. We're checking it out. Our, our, Martin's on the case. He's, he's persistent. He's the pit bull of grabbing guests. So we'll, we'll chip away and keep going. Uh, I do want to call your attention to something that I think is um, very important, something we learned yesterday. Uh, the story that the story about the shooter, not the shooter, the stabber at the Flint airport, that guy, that that jerk that came here from Canada, I believe it was originally a Tunisian man. Uh, the guy who yelled uh, Allahu Akbar and stabbed a cop on duty in the neck. And thank God, thank you, God, that that officer is okay. He'll survive. You know, he's been stabbed, but he's not going to die. He was in critical condition for a while. But the guy who stabbed the cop <clears throat> actually tried to buy a gun. And... um you know what happens when you try to buy a gun, when you try to just go in and legally buy a gun. Oh, you have to do a background check. And gee, what happened? He failed, which means the system worked. The system absolutely did its job. So thank you, system. Thank you, background checks. And Shannon Watts and Michael Bloomberg and all you people who think, uh, well, we and are out there screaming, we need background checks. Well, we have them, you dolts. And guess what? It probably prevented an even greater tragedy than we witnessed in Flint, Michigan. Because imagine if this jerk terrorist had been able to get his hands on a firearm and he could go walking into that airport and just start blasting away. Well, thank God. Thank God we have background checks because he was prevented from doing just that. <sighs> now, in addition to that, I have to, uh, I have to connect that story to um, another story that is not, first of all, it's not out there. I'm not seeing this anywhere. And we'll get to Johnny Depp and his threat and then his apology, etc. But somebody who works for Bill Maher, a person who writes for, for Bill Maher, I think it's Bill Maher. Let me double check. It might be Bill Nye. Uh, it's, it's a woman who considers herself a comedian. Her, her name is Marcella Arguello. Marcella Arguello. Marcella Arguello put something on Twitter right after the shooting of Steve Scalise. This is what she wrote. If a few old-ass conservative white men have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, then I'm willing to take that risk. Check that. If a few old-ass conservative white men have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, then I'm willing to take that risk. Wonderfully nice of uh, Marcella Arguello to offer up the lives of people she apparently doesn't value. Old, 
old ass, conservative white men, if they have to die in order to get the gun control issue discussed, uh, she's willing to take that risk. Well, Ms. Arguello, uh, you need to look no further than Flint, Michigan, and the multiple shooting deaths that didn't happen because gun control happened here in this country because that guy couldn't pass a background check. The system works. And people like you who are extolling the murder of others really are the most despicable types I've ever seen. I wrote to uh, Ms. Arguello to ask her, um, what do you consider old? Just because I happen to be a conservative white male and I want to know if I should worry about any of Marcella Arguello's friends, whether or not they're going to consider me to be somebody that'll start the conversation they so, so dearly wish to happen. She has not yet responded. There's more on this, and maybe we'll get a hold of our guy with the billboard. We'll see. A whole lot to talk about today. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.